if you can think of something to get $10 for, I bet all of you have something that God has gifted you with that you could convince somebody to give you $10 for. I'm going to show you how to become a millionaire. All you need is to have one thing that you can get $10 for. I don't care if it's cutting hair, cutting grass, painting, babysitting, typing papers, walking dogs. I don't care what it is. Just get somebody to give you $10. All I want you to do is do it and get $10. After you get $10, I want you to do it 10 more times. That's all. You'll have $100. Now, when you get that $100, whatever you did to get the $100, I want you to do it 10 more times. You're going to have $1,000. Now, get a little tricky now. Whatever you did to make the $1,000, listen to me close. What I want you to do is do it 10 more times. That's what I want you to do. Don't change shit. Just do it 10 more times. You'll now have $10,000. Now, this is where you got to start using your faith. After you make $10,000 with this $10 idea, all I want you to do is do it 10 more times. Just 10, whatever you did to make the 10000 do it 10 more times. You're going to have $100,000. Here's the trick of tricks. Once you make $100,000, you're going to have to fire, hire a few people. And all I want you to do after you make the $100,000, same thing you did. To make the hundred thousand, I just want you to do it ten more times. Congratulations. You are a millionaire. That's how it's done. These jokes I'm telling right now, these $25 jokes. My first gig paid me $25. These 20, these are the same jokes. This is just English. I ain't learned how to do this in Spanish or none of this. I just kept telling these jokes in English. Ten more times, ten more times, ten more. Till they start paying me twenty-five thousand a night. Then they start paying me a hundred thousand a night, hundred fifty thousand dollars, twenty-five thousand dollars a night. I made a half million dollars telling jokes in one night. They're the same jokes. I just kept telling them over and over and over and over and over. Twenty-five dollar jokes repeated on a ten-time multiple. You could be a millionaire babysitting. You could be a millionaire doing eyebrows. You can be a millionaire cutting grass. You could be a millionaire as a barber painting houses. You already have the gift. God has already given you the gift. He gave it to you at birth. You was born with it. God ain't never created a soul He didn't give a birth to. You he, that that He didn't give a gift to at birth. You sitting up in here. If you're poor today, it's because you tripping. You just tripping. You done talked yourself out your God-given gift. You done got some funk job somewhere and tried to act like you was happy with it. Now they done furloughed you. Now you disappointed. You ought to be jumping for joy. Walk your up the hall. Go take your gift God gave you and turn yourself into a millionaire. He made a mistake. And he paid for his mistake with a lot of pain, a lot of tears. And there came to a point where he knew he should have gotten a divorce. But he was stuck. He was stuck in something called revenge. He said, she's made me so miserable, I'm going to pay her back. He was stuck. And he stayed in there longer than he should have because it began to attack him. It began to affect him psychologically. And as a result of that, when he eventually did get a divorce, he took that same attitude to other relationships, looking for something to go wrong. He was burned so badly, he did not want to risk pain again. He was going in relationships trying to avoid pain. When it became too close, he would do something to make sure the relationship did not work. He would always try and find something wrong with the person.
person because they're no perfect people. So if you look for it, you can find it. He was stuck in revenge. Another friend of mine, working on a job, loved the company very much, expected to retire there. And one day they call him in the office, asking for his badge and identification, told the security man up, walked into his desk, told him he was fired and he had to leave then. He was devastated. And if you came anywhere near him, he would tell you his story, as we all have stories. Even when he got a job, he went on the job telling anybody who would listen how they fired him unjustly. And he always ended with, it wasn't fair. Life isn't fair. Life just is. It's not fair that birds eat worms. And they do. You only got eight years of life, by the way, just so you know. You only live eight years. Average person lives 78. You spend 28 of those years sleeping. You spend 10 and a half to 12 of them working. You spend another three or four shopping, chores, internet, traffic, added up. You get eight years. And you're not a newborn, so you got less than that. You got to get in a hurry to make a difference in your life. Time is running out like that. I'm fired up. Fired up? Probably didn't know we were going there. When I was a kid growing up, I don't know if you had this, my mom had the good china in the china cabinet. We had this furniture in the living room that was wrapped with cellophane that we weren't allowed to sit on until important people came over. Anybody have any of that in their house? We never got around to sitting on it. And it died and got stale and old and dated and so did dreams. If you don't start getting after your dream, it'll get old and dated and stale. Wrapping it in celebrate. You keep waiting till you know a little more. Till I know a little more. Till I know a little more. If I just knew a little more, that's the ass. You don't need to know a little more. You need to execute a little more. You need to get after it. You need to make some mistakes. Perfection is the lowest possible standard for trying to be perfect. You don't need to know everything. The best people I know in business, they take action when they don't know everything. They learn what they can and they go execute. They make a mess. Being an entrepreneur is messy. You need to embrace the mess. Embrace the chaos. You're never going to know everything you think you need to know. That's why me, my low IQ, and I'm not kidding when I say that, is to some extent an advantage. I don't think about all the stuff I don't need to know. I started on social media two years ago. I'm the number one growth person in the history of business on social media, according to Forbes magazine. The way it started, Tony Robbins sitting on my balcony says, you need to get into this space. There's nobody that's an heir apparent. You're a better speaker than me. You know more of this stuff than me. And all these other clowns don't know what they're talking about. Get in the space. I said, I don't want to do that. I'm shy. I'm introverted. I just like speaking on the stage and leaving. I don't want to be posting stuff every day. He goes, that's why you're an effing loser. Right on my balcony on that copper house you seen there. I said, I'm a loser. He goes, yeah, you say you want to help all these people, but you don't want to be inconvenienced to do it. I said, dude, I don't even know how this stuff works. He's like, you think I know all this stuff works? Just start, dumbass. My son was in the kitchen. I said, Max, go get your phone. How do you do this thing? He goes, dad, you need an account. I go, set me up one. He comes back five minutes later. He goes, I got you an Instagram account. I go, okay, good. I'm going to do one of those videos. And he literally goes, it has to be a minute. I said, a minute? I don't even clear my throat in a minute. How the hell am I going to make a message to me? He goes, just do it. And I said, blah, 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 post that one. Next day, I got three followers and three likes. I called Tony. I go, this crap isn't working. He goes, you've done one message, dumbass. He goes, by the way, post earlier in the morning, like around breakfast time. I'm on my boat driving to his house. I go, okay, breakfast time. And then I hear him say, I swear to you, this is true. I hear him say, what I hear is he goes, you need to post early like around breakfast time and make sure you add some hash, hash browns to that. And I don't want to be embarrassed and act like I don't know anymore. So I call my son and I said, hey, you said you knew what you were doing on this stuff where the hell are the hash browns on this post and i'm not playing around if you don't know i'll hire somebody who does you're 15 you should know how this stuff works he goes dad i don't i go you're supposed to post at breakfast time and somehow there's hash browns involved
Hashtags. And then Tony was my first guest. Then I recorded my first podcast. Listen to me. This will relate to you, and then I'm going to get into some detail. So I said, Tony, what do you, how do you do one? He goes, I don't know. Google it. I'm the number one podcast in the world now. Tony, Grant, Gary V combined left downloads. They've been doing it for years. I've been doing it for like 18 months. Why is that? By the way, you should be listening to my podcast. Okay. Why, why, why? So I literally, this is literally what happens. I go, how do you say it? How do you say it where it gets into your computer? Because you probably need a microphone, dude. I don't know. Google it. So I Google how to start a podcast. Tim Ferriss, turns out, had, I didn't even know who that was, had an audio on how to start a podcast. I listened to the audio. He says, go to Amazon. I got a kit, the microphone, the recorder, that other stuff. So I ordered Tim Ferriss' kit, right? I get it to my house. I plug the mic in. I stick it. And I talk for like 30 minutes, my first podcast. And then I'm done. And I call Tony. I go, hey, I get it. How does it get out of that box into the world? He goes, I think you need to take that stick out and stick it in your computer. I'm on the phone with him. I go, okay, it's in there. He goes, save it. I go, okay, it's on the computer okay cool and we hang up and then like an hour later i go so how would how do people know that's in my you think i'm kidding i swear to god how do i know this is in my how do i I go, I don't have it. I got Max. He doesn't know about hash browns. And then I finally figured out getting host thing. You think if I waited around to know everything, this would not have happened. You take action. The Lord has a way. When you step into a new space and revealing to you the people, places, resources, things you need in that space, and you go from there and you go to the next one. I have a great friend of mine named Paul Edwards who's a NASCAR driver. I drove his car. I just his car for a number of years. Fundamentals form the beginning, the basis, the reality from which everything else flows. And remember, there are no new fundamentals. Fundamentals are old, well established. Beware of someone who claims to have a new fundamental. That's like someone who claims to manufacture antiques. We would have to be suspicious, right? So fundamentals, basics, they are so very important to understand and consider and practice if you wish for the good life. And may I add here, make sure you don't go looking for the exotic answers to success. Success is a very basic process. It doesn't fall out of the sky. It doesn't have any mysteries, nor does it fall into the realm of the miraculous. Success is merely a natural result that comes from the consistent operation of the practical fundamentals. As someone wisely remarked, to be successful, you don't have to do extraordinary things. Just do ordinary things extraordinarily well. Mr. Schoff, my teacher, gave me many great phrases I'll always remember. One of them was, there are always about a half dozen things that make 80% of the difference. What a key thought, a half dozen things. Whether we are working on our health, wealth, personal goals, or professional enterprise, the difference between our ultimate success or inevitable failure lies in the degree to which we are willing to seek out, study, and to go to work on those half dozen things. For a farmer to reap a plentiful harvest in the fall, for example, the major basics are fairly obvious. Soil, seed, water, sunshine, nourishment, and care. Each fundamental being equally in need of study and attention, or together they bring about the best chance for a successful harvest. The Bible said in quietness and in confidence you'll be Finding a still place where you can hear that little voice that directs traffic in your life. It's like the navigational system in my car. It says now two blocks ahead. And that works real good until I turn the music up too loud. And when I, because I'm, you know, I'm out of the 60s, you know, so I turn the music up until you have a hearing deficit, you know. And I'm trying to hear direction, but the music is so loud. Now my new car, it just cuts it down for me right in the middle of the song. Turn left at the corner. 
Yeah, and sometimes God has to turn the music down for you because everything's turned up too loud and God has to turn it down and bring you to your knees where you can hear the still voice. That's what started you. That's what called you. That's what inspired you. Don't let the noise of life or the noise of success or the noise of struggles or the noise of popularity become so loud that you lose your ability to hear the still small. For preachers, we think that we are speakers. And let me give you just the key to speaking. People who do not hear right and not speak. Have you ever noticed that people talk funny? They talk funny because they hear funny. You talk funny. So he backed up in the cave again, and then the still small voice speaks in his life and begins to give him direction. You would be shot out when you live in the cave. Leaders have a tendency to be cavemen. Cavemen, that's why you want it done. Suddenly, do it this way, or get out of here. Cavemen, got a club, get it done. One time you're nice, slow states. People who work with you behind the scenes know that you're demanding, egotistical, and self-centered, and stressed out. And when you want it, you want it the way you want it. Boom, you came in. This is my last day. I get nasty now.